God's house, fellowshipping with God's people around God's word, and uh, excited tonight to really get in in earnest into a series that we started last week. And so if you'll take your Bibles, turn back to 2 John, we'll start there, and then we'll move around a little bit tonight. Do pray for our young people. All of our kids are out tonight. Our teens are at Teen Refresh. Uh, our, our kiddos, master clubs, joy clubs are out tonight as well. Uh, so you pray for all of them, different ministries on our property, uh, that they'll have an opportunity to hear something that will change their life. Amen. Uh, that's what the Word of God does. It's quick and it's powerful. And boy, you read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that all the things the Word of God can do, and that's what God desires to do with it in our heart, to bring about change. And you pray for our kids, and then pray for us tonight as we look forward to seeing what God will have for us in the time that we have. Uh, last week, we started looking at a series that we're going to entitle Self-Service Christianity. And we looked down in 2 John chapter 1 and verse number 7, there was a warning there that many deceivers had entered into the world who confessed not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. In verse number 8, we keyed in on that because verse 8 gave them what they needed to do and it's a little bit different than we might think normally in our lives. This says, look to yourselves. Look to yourselves. Now, how often when there's a problem do we go run for help, right? We had all of our first responders here Sunday morning, or a lot of them that were here Sunday morning, our firemen, our policemen, our EMTs, and they were here. And boy, we call somebody to come and help us. They say, hey, I'm in a bind, I'm in a strait, and I need some help. And somebody comes and helps us out of the bind that we're in. But notice the counsel and the challenge and the charge in Third John was, verse 8, to look to yourselves. To look to yourselves. You know, oftentimes I believe we're waiting on God to do things for us that he's already given us the strength to do for ourselves. We get a little bit entitled. We get a little bit, uh, a little bit Americanized in our Christianity, right? Uh, we're living in the land of the free, the home of the brave. And sometimes I think we think that land of the free means that everything should be free. Amen. Uh, land of the free, just give it to me. Uh, bring it to my house. And uh, we live in a world of convenience. Uh, but I hate to tell you, the Christian life is not a life of convenience. There are some things we must learn to do for ourselves spiritually. Now, our Father is merciful and He's gracious. Graciousness is when God gives us those things we don't deserve. But sometimes we take advantage of grace and we expect God to do everything for us. When God would want us to do some things for ourselves, in verse number 8 in 2 John chapter 1, it says, Look to yourselves. There's danger out there, and it says, look to yourselves that you lose not the things which we have wrought, but what, that you receive a full reward. So we look to ourselves that we don't lack. We looked at that last week, and then we looked at ourselves to make sure uh, that we're not, we haven't lost anything that God would have us to have. Tonight, we're going to look at the first thing. Last week, just introduced the self-service Christianity of some things that God says we're supposed to do for ourselves. And so tonight, I want you to turn to your right uh, to the book of Jude, Jude chapter 1, or Jude verse 21, however you want to look at it. That's where we're going to go tonight, Jude chapter number 1, and we're going to look down to verse number 21. That'll be our main text tonight, and uh, I'm going to tell you, this one's a little bit difficult to get into. I told uh, my wife, I said it's probably one of the most rewarding studies I've had lately as I study this topic out, uh, but it's definitely going to be a little bit complicated, so you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit uh, make up for where I mess up, amen? Look down, if you will, verse number, let's start in verse number 20. But ye, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, 
Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, our text tonight is going to be verse 21. Maybe you thought it was going to be verse 20. Maybe we'll get around to that sometime. But verse 21 is where we need to start tonight, where the Bible says to keep yourselves in the love of God. As I said, this will be a little bit complicated tonight, which for me is scary because I can complicate things that are simple, uh, and so I certainly can complicate something that's complicated. So let's pray together tonight and ask God to help us a little bit. Father, I do thank you for your word, and I pray that you'd help me tonight to preach this, to teach this, to present this in a way pleasing to you. Father, I know this is what you've given us to preach, uh, but Lord, I don't want to get in the way of it and complicate it, so I pray your Holy Spirit would speak clearly to our hearts tonight on this subject of keeping ourselves in the love of God, that, Father, we might do for ourselves what you call us to do, that we might be better who you'd have us to be, for it's in Jesus' name, amen. Many, many years ago, my mom and dad took us on a vacation to Key West, Florida. Uh, They wanted to take us down there to the the tip there of of, of 90 miles from Cuba is where we were at, and I remember we found a coconut, and uh, you know on TV, coconuts are these round balls that are brown, about yay big, and uh, coconuts that grow on trees don't necessarily look like that. That round ball is there. It's just on the inside of a, a lot of husk. And, and so I told my brother and my sister, we were there, I said, let's open this thing up and get a coconut out of it and drink that, that coconut milk that was there. I heard it was good. About four hours later, we finally got into it and cracked it open. And sure enough, the coconut milk was good and that fresh coconut was good. And it took us a while to get into it. But once we got into it, it was worth it. That's going to be the thought tonight, okay? I'm going to need you to stick with me on this thought in verse 21. But once we get into it, it's going to be good. Now, notice the first thing in our series tonight that God says we need to do for ourselves. Verse 21. He says, keep yourselves... In the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, the first thing we're going to look at in this series is really more defensive than offensive, okay? There's a lot of things we're going to look at, things that God shows us we can do for ourselves to strengthen ourselves, to help grow ourselves, okay? All of that is going to be great. I look forward to looking to that. But you know, all of that is worthless if you can't keep what you get. Think about it. There's so many truths There's so many principles in the Word of God where God tells us how we can have things, His blessings, His providence, His direction in our life, so many things God desires for us, but all of those things are in vain if you can't hold on to what you get, correct? It's kind of like a savings account. My parents helped me open up a savings account when I was a kid, and I'd get a little birthday money, and I'd pay my tithe off my birthday money, but then I would deposit some in the bank, and they'd let me keep a little bit uh, for a rainy day. And I saved a whole lot of money until I discovered this thing called a debit card. Uh, I didn't know you could have one of those. Uh, I thought those were just for grown-ups. I didn't know teenagers could get those. And after a while, all that I had deposited in there was gone. Uh, because I didn't keep it, okay? Now, the Word of God is full of so many things that God wants us to deposit in our life. By the way, aren't you thankful tonight that God preserved His Word for us? That He gives us a treasure map on how we can deposit so many things in our life, but ultimately, it's not going to help you if you can't hold on to it. You've got to learn to keep it. Give an example, Psalms 119.4. The Bible says, Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. All right? Precepts, principles, truths in the Word of God, aren't they helpful? Oh, they're helpful to keep thy precepts diligently. But can I tell you, the precepts can't help you if you don't keep them. 
Does you no good if you don't keep them. Give you another one, Proverbs 4.23. We know this verse well. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. All right? Our heart can be a great tool, but the Bible says it's desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. So you've got to learn to keep it, because if you don't keep it, I promise you, you're going to end up in a place you don't want to be. So what are we looking at tonight? Well, this is a tough one. Boy, this is a tough one. The Bible says in verse 21 to keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Can I tell you one of the greatest signs that we are maturing, whether in life or whether in our spiritual matters, is by how well we keep things. By how well we keep things. Uh, I used to carry around zebra pens. That was a pen I used to use in college, and I loved the zebra pen. had a fine point on it. And my wife bought me this beautiful Mickey pen at Disney some many, many, many years ago. And I told her the other day, I says, are you surprised? I says, I've kept up with it. I was very proud of myself that I haven't lost it because I've lost pocket knives. I've lost cell phones. I lost my glasses the other day. And I said, hey, you know what? I must be getting older and more mature. Why? I was able to keep up with that. Can I tell you, your spiritual life is the same way. One way you can tell that you're maturing in your faith is you're learning to keep the things, not just having it in your mind, but keeping it in your heart. And the Bible gives us a very important one in verse 21, that we've got to learn to keep. It says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Tonight, we're going to look at this subject of keeping ourselves in the love of God. Keep ourselves in the love of God. I'm going to give you two points tonight because this one could be complicated, but the payoff in point number two is worth it if you'll stick with me, okay? So let's study this out. As I was reading verse 21, the Lord led us to that passage, and I was studying it out. I'll be honest with you. I stared at verse 21 for a long time. I'd read it, and I'd pray. I'd read it, and I'd pray, never quite understanding what it meant to keep ourselves in the love of God. Because think about this. If keep meant to do something in order for God to love us, that would be unscriptural. Because if I've got to be good in order for God to love me, then Romans 5, 8 goes out the window that while I was yet sinner, Christ died for me, that he commended his love toward me while I was yet a sinner. So I know that's not what the meaning of that means. We read the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that life or death nor angels can separate us from the love of God. So what does it mean to keep ourselves in the love of God? I was sitting in the barbershop the other day and have the Bible on my phone. And I'm just sitting there in the barbershop, literally staring at verse 21. What does this mean? How do I keep myself in the love of God? I thought he always loved me, and I thought his love was unconditional. How do I keep myself in the love of God? And that's when I began to see that the love of God has two parts that you got to see tonight, okay? Stick with me. I promise you, the Holy Spirit's going to help you understand this if you'll tune me in for a few minutes. The love of God has two parts I want to show you tonight. Number one, look, although the love of God is expressed to all men, it's not experienced by all men. The love of God has been expressed to every man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you know what that is? That means God has expressed his love to all men. Romans 5, 8, God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? That means God has expressed his love to all men. But men still die and go to hell. Why? Because they never choose to experience it. There's a big difference 
and God expressing his love to us and us experiencing his love for ourselves. So what is keeping ourselves in the love of God? Keeping yourselves in the love of God is not choosing to be loved by God. You can't choose whether or not to be loved by God. He's going to love you whether you like it or not. He's going to love you whether you want it or not. He's going to love you whether you receive him or not. You don't get to choose that part. But what you do get to choose is whether or not you're going to experience the love of God personally. And I want to show you tonight in this verse why this is so important in the life of the saved. So number one tonight, keeping yourself. God says, this is something you've got to do. You've got to keep yourself in God's love. What does that mean? It means choosing to experience God's love. That's number one. Choosing to experience God's love. Please don't miss this tonight, all right? Don't call me a heretic after we're over. This is just straight Bible. Understand, just because God has expressed his love to all men doesn't mean that his love has been experienced by all men. That means God has loved us and he showed us that he loved us in sending his son. But at some point in your life, you had to choose to experience it. Think about it when you were lost. You're lost Christ died for you. God sent his son to die for you. He showed you that he loved you. But there's a place and a time in your life where you had to choose to experience that love for yourself. Just because he loved you doesn't make you saved. You have to choose to receive it and accept it for yourself. Now, this is important. Stick with me. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's the expression of it. Whosoever believeth in him, there's the experience. You see, it's up to you to decide that you're going to have that experience with the love of God that he has expressed to you in sending his son. John 3, 16, you think about it. It says he gave his only begotten son. And then when we believe in him, put our faith and trust in him, we'll not perish but have everlasting life. But that choice is up to us. You see, we choose whether or not to receive Christ as our Savior. Now, why is that important? I'm going to show you how that ties into the life of the saved person in verse 21 here in just a minute. I want you to think about the rich man tonight. Did God love the rich man? The rich man that's in hell. Thank you, Brother Michael. He did. He did. The rich man was part of the world. For God so loved the world, and that world included a rich man. God expressed his love toward the rich man. But the rich man chose never to experience it. That rich man's been in hell for over 2,000 years now, all because there came a time in his life where God's love was expressed to him, and he chose not to experience it. Now, this goes in the life of the saved, just like in the life of the prodigal son. Stick with me. Point number two is going to bring all this together. The prodigal son, did his dad love him? His dad loved him. Say, so how do you know? Well, you can see it before he ever left his house. The son goes to the dad and says, give me that portion. His dad gave him his inheritance. The son went into the far country. And while he was in the far country, hear me out, he missed out on experiencing the love of his father. He missed out. Did the father still love him? Yes, he still loved him. He said, how do you know? Because when he came home and came back to his father, what did he do? He, put the, he hugged him. He put the robe on him. He got the fatted calf. He put the ring on his finger. What was he doing now? Now he was experiencing his father's love. But you notice it was the choice of the son. It was the choice of the son to decide whether or not he experienced his, father love, his father's love. Now, both lost or saved tonight can choose to miss out on the benefits of our Father's love. 
I want to say it. I want you to let it sink in a little bit. Both the lost and saved tonight can choose to miss out on the benefits of our Father's love. So what do you mean by that? I'll give you an example. Matthew 23, 37. Listen to what the Bible says. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings. Watch what Christ is saying. This is what I wanted to do for you. I wanted to gather you together. Can't you see the love of Christ in that? This is what I wanted to do for you. But listen to what he says. And ye would not. They chose to miss out on experiencing what God's love wanted to do for them. Now, folks, keeping ourselves in the love of God is not keeping us to be loved by God. Keeping ourselves in the love of God is keeping ourselves in the place where we experience the benefits of the love of God. You get to choose that. You and I get to choose that tonight. I'll give you an example here in just a minute that's going to tie it all together, but stick with me tonight before we get to point number two. Here's the difference. The difference is love and loving kindness. The difference is love and loving kindness. Loving kindness is when we're experiencing the benefits of God's love. When God's blessings are on our life and God's hands upon our life, that's what loving kindness is. A little girl was asked one time, she says, what's the difference between kindness and loving kindness? She says, well, kindness is when I ask mom for a piece of toast, and she gives me a piece of toast. Loving kindness is when I ask mom for a piece of toast, and she gives me a piece of toast with butter and jam on it. There's a little bit extra on there, all right? Now watch, keeping ourselves in the love of God is keeping ourselves in the place where we are experiencing all that God's love desires to do for us. Now folks, understand this tonight. You can choose to live outside of that. You can choose to live outside of where the blessings of God are. You can choose not to keep yourselves in the love of God. Not that you're not loved by God anymore. You can choose not to keep yourselves where the benefits of the love of God are at. That's why he's telling us, keep ourselves. Give an example in Psalms 107. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Did you hear what it said? Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Notice there was a prerequisite there. That they keep these things, will observe these things. They shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Psalms 36.10. Oh, continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm a dad. I'm a 15-year-old daughter, and I love her. And I want her to experience all that my love can give her. But you know, she has a part to play in that. She has a part to play in that. I'm, look, I, as my father in heaven, cannot bless disobedience. All right? Now, I can be gracious to her, and I'm probably too gracious to her. If you ask her mom, she'd probably agree with that. But after a while, I cannot bless and she cannot experience all that my love desires for her if she chooses not to keep herself in the place where she experiences that love. You see, she's making the choice. She's deciding as the prodigal son, hey, I know that you have good things to offer here at home, but I want to go to the far country. She has chosen not to keep herself where the benefits of that love is at. And she's costing herself all that the Father wanted to offer. Do you know what you and I do that all the time, don't we? 
we don't keep ourselves in the love of God. You say, well, God still loves us. Absolutely, but you're missing out on the experience of all that he wants to do for you. He wants to gather you as that chick uh, under his wings. He wants to express his love to you so that you could experience it. But if you don't keep yourselves in the love of God, you're missing out on all that God desires to do in your life. God desires to show us his love in so many ways. You think about that. But the truth is, you've got to decide to keep yourself. To keep yourself. That's the battle. Now, here's the second point that I really want to key in on tonight. I'll spend the rest of the service on this one. What does it mean, all right? It means to choose to experience God's love. Keeping myself in God's love is not keeping myself where he loves me. It's keeping myself where I can experience what his love wants to do in my life. So watch closely. And this is we're going to tie it together tonight. This is what I want to get to. How do we do that? What does that mean? Well, verse 21 is a very important word. It's the third word in verse 21. The Bible says, keep yourselves in the love of God. In the love of God. Do you know right now you're in this room? All right? You're in this room. You know what that means? You're within the boundaries of this building. You're in it. And when you get ready to leave here in just a few minutes, you're going to get in your car. You're going to be inside the confines of that car. So watch closely what he's saying. Keep yourselves in the love of God. It simply means inside the boundaries of that space. When you're in something, you're inside boundaries. you got to get this tonight. Now look, God's love is boundless. But experiencing God's love has boundaries. That means there's a place that we've got to choose to live in order to experience the love and the, the, the uh, experience that God has for us through his love. This is the second point I really want to key in on tonight. Keeping ourselves in God's love is choosing the expectations of God's love. The expectations of God's love. Now, as intolerant as this seems tonight, you can choose to live outside the boundaries of the blessings of God's love. You can choose that. Why? Watch. He says, keep yourselves in. That means there's a spot that God wants you to stay. There's boundaries in which he wants you to live. Years ago, there used to be an old phrase, uh, I want to live under the spout where the blessings come out or the glory comes out. All right? God's blessings, God's providence are at a place. He says, in God's love. Keep yourselves in the love of God. I'll give an example. Some of you may have heard this in person. Uh, years ago, Brother C.R. Williams preached at our church. I was probably 12, 13 years old. And he preached the message out of 1 Kings 17. And I believe the message was entitled, if I'm not mistaken, there. There. God told Elijah, he says, I want you to get up and go eastward to the brook Cherith. I've commanded the ravens to feed thee. Listen close. There. And then when the brook dried up, he says, I want you to go to Zarephath. There's a widow over there, and I've commanded her to feed thee there. Now, can I ask you something? Where were God's blessings going to be? There. There was a place. So Elijah goes to the brook Cherith. The raven feeds him bread and flesh, and there's water there. I wonder if Elijah had said, you know what? I don't want to go there. I want to go here. I wonder if God would have blessed him here. When he didn't go there. No. I think the blessings were exactly where God says they were going to be. And then when the brook dried up and he went to the widow's house, God took care of him there. You see, there was a place where Elijah got to experience the blessings of the love of God. 
Now, folks, this is the challenge tonight. God is no respecter of persons. He desires to bless and to provide, to give leadership, to give wisdom to us. Oh, how God wants to do that. The problem is we're out of place. He says, I want you to keep yourselves in the love of God. That means choosing to live within God's expectations. I know it's not popular, but can I tell you tonight, God's got boundaries for your life. God has boundaries for your life. We live in a world today where you can live how you want, do what you want, and God's going to bless you because God loves you. Yes, God loves you, and God expresses his love to us. But if you want to experience it, you're going to experience it his way, i.e. salvation. Think about salvation. Well, God loved me, so therefore I'm saved. No, 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 no. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, there's his expectation right there. You want to experience the love of God and salvation? You're going to do it his way. He says, hey, me and nothing else. It's Jesus plus nothing. It's none of our works. It's none of our baptism. He says, that's how you experience it. He has expectations. By the way, mom and dad, can I tell you, I think it's good to go ahead and get your kids used to living under the authority of God by you as a parent giving them expectations. Your kids live without expectations. They, you just keep blessing and blessing and blessing, and they never do anything to earn those blessings. I tell you, after a while, they're going to be shocked when they have to live by themselves under the authority of God because God has expectations for them. God says, hey, there's a place I want you to live in, and I'm going to bless you there. But if you choose to live here and not there, the blessings aren't going to be here. The blessings are going to be there. As God's people tonight, I fear we miss out on this one. He says, one thing you've got to do for yourself, you've got to keep yourself in the love of God. I'll give an example. I was 25 years old when I got married. You know, I wanted to be sure. I wanted to be sure. And uh, I had a pretty good gig at home. My mom cooks magnificently. You know, I had fairly free health care there. You know, I had free room and board. It was great. We lived on a pond. I was able to go out there and go fishing when I wanted to go fishing out there. And it was great. Can I tell you, as a 25-year-old young man who had been preaching 10 years at the time, my dad had rules for my life. If I was going to live under his roof, enjoy the benefits and blessings that he was providing, I had to abide by those rules. And if at any point I got tired of those rules, I was free to go. But guess what? The blessings didn't go with me. I said, could mom move over to my apartment and cook for me here? Hey, dad, I'm in the emergency room, you know. I did something stupid and broke my leg, you know. I'm sure he would have been gracious, but I'll promise you all of the blessings wouldn't have followed. Why? Because that was a package deal. Can you imagine me and Leslie getting married and calling my mom? Mom, would you come over and cook for us? No, that, that expired once you said I do. That's her job. She does a great job of it now. You see, living in the love of God, keeping ourselves in the love of God, is choosing to live within those boundaries of what God expects. Now, I'll tell you this. God's not an ogre. Oh, God's a good God. And boy, he's faithful. And God's going to keep his word. And boy, when we live where God says, live, look, you may not drive a Ferrari and you may not have a mansion, but I promise you, oh, you will enjoy the blessings of God in your life. Why? Because God keeps his word. God says you've got to do something for yourself, though. You've got to keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, that's the challenge, isn't it? Keeping ourselves there. I, I had lunch with a pastor in uh, New Orleans today, and 
Uh, we're sitting there talking, and pastors get to confess our sins one to another. Amen. And I'm sitting there telling him, and we were talking a little bit about what I was going to preach on tonight. Uh, and I told him, there's so many times that I will give God a burden that I have, and then a few minutes later, I take it back. And I start worrying about it. I'll try to do what God says and try to be obedient to God's commands. And before long, I've messed up again, prone to wonder. I don't know about you. I feel it. But, man, I've got to make sure I keep myself within those boundaries. Why? Because that's where I get to experience God's love. The blessings, the providence, the direction that God wants to bring in my life, that's where I get to experience that. I saw in a commercial the other day, they have these, uh, I think it's a Chevrolet, uh, trucks that drive themselves. Now, I'm not sure how that's legal, to be honest with you. I thought you had to keep both hands on the wheel. I kind of wonder why or how that's legal that you can take your hands off. Look, I don't care if it is self-driving. Please keep your hands on the wheel, especially when I'm out on the road, okay? That truck just keeps itself going straight. And I thought to myself when I saw that commercial, wouldn't it be great if our Christian lives did that? They just kept themselves straight. You just take your hands off the wheel and let it do its thing. But oh no, can I tell you, my Bible says in verse 21, you're going to have to keep yourselves. The Bible says there's boundaries that you need to live in. Think about the Israelites. God had blessings. God had promises. God had providence for them. Where was it? In the promised land. But they chose to live outside. They chose to live outside. And they, you know what, God didn't go, you know, I know you didn't do what I said and go take the promise. You know what, I'm just going to bless you out here in the wilderness anyway. Here's a land flow with milk and honey. No, no, he didn't do that. Why? Because the blessings were in. They were in. Now, folks, I think we're missing out on so much that God wants to do in our lives because we're simply living out of bounds. We're living out of bounds. The other day at the volleyball tournament, uh, man, you guys, Brother Beach, he was there, and Brother Nate was there, Brother AJ was there. They were the flag guys, man. We ought to have a trophy for the flag guys. Brother Michael, we need to get one of those made. Did a spectacular job. And their job was to raise the flag when it was in and when it was out. And I'll tell you, our guys have so much integrity, I saw two of our line judges call a ball out on their own daughters. That's, That's good men we have in our church, Amen. It was their job to say inbounds or out of bounds. And if it was inbounds, watch, it counted. If it was out of bounds, it didn't count. Now, we understand that, don't we? We're like, hey, that's only fair. One of our guys ran a touchdown, and the ref says, no, he stepped out of bounds. And they didn't count the touchdown. I mean, that's understandable, right? That's the same thing with the Word of God. We can't live out and expect the blessings that come for being in. And there's too many of us tonight who say, well, you know, God's a loving God and a compassionate God, and he is. And God wants to bless us. But he says, hey, you got to do something for yourself. You have to keep yourselves in the love of God. That means in the place where you get to experience it. What a sad truth tonight. So many people, I looked at this carpet up here tonight. There's boundaries on the edge of this carpet. So many people live outside the bounds. They're missing out. Tonight, if you're living outside the bounds, you're missing out. Why? Because when you're in bounds, that's where you get to experience it personally, all that God says that he would do. What does Romans 6 say? We know the passage well. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. Now, did you notice what that verse said? Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Shall we continue? What's that next word? In. Sin that grace may abound? I mean, God says, basically, can I just give you my interpretation of that? God says, do you really expect me to bless you out of bounds? 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What is grace? Oh, that's experiencing the love of God. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. I mean, it's out of bounds. We wouldn't argue that on a volleyball court or a basketball court or a football field. Hey, if you're out of bounds, you're out of bounds. It doesn't count. It's the same way in the word of God. We've got to be what? In. Verse 21. Keep yourselves in. I believe we're missing out tonight, much like the prodigal son. Oh, he missed out when he was where? Out. He went to the far country and he missed out while he was out. As soon as he came back in, as soon as he came back in, he experienced the love of his father. By the way, aren't you glad, even though that father was a great father, he's nothing compared to the one we have in heaven. And we leave that far country where we're out of bounds. We come back in. Oh, look, we deserve to die over there out of bounds. And yet we come home. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. What a father. I wonder tonight why we wouldn't just want to live here. Keeping ourselves in the love of God. He's expressed it. You can't stop that. But you can stop tonight whether or not you experience it. I don't know about you, I want to experience all that my father says I can have. I want to experience his blessings, his providence. Look, I want God's hand on my home. This is a scary world. We were down in New Orleans today. I was preaching down there to Christian School Chapel, and I want to tell you, that's a scary city. I'm going to pray God calls somebody in here this room to go down there and be a missionary to New Orleans. Well, they need it really bad. And some of you really need to go really bad, all right? You need to experience it. That's a great experience. I'm picking and you're looking around there, it's just a dangerous place, boards up on buildings and spray paint. It's just a scary, scary place. I want God's hand on my home. I want God's hand around my family. I want a hedge of protection like Job had. Hey, those, that's the kind of thing I want in my life. Here's good news. God wants that for you too. God wants to build that around your home. God wants to put his hand on your home. But God's not going to bless you out of bounds. He says, you got to do something for yourself. you got to keep yourselves in the love of God. That means there is a spout there for what God wants to supply in your life. He says, I want you to have it, but you got to get under it. you got to get in the place where I want to supply. Real quickly before we close, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, we quote it often, but I want you to think about the contingency in there. He says, if my people. Now, he's giving us the qualifications or the boundaries for the blessings that are about to come. If my people, which are called by my name, here's the boundaries, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, there's the boundaries. God says you get inside those boundaries. You choose to live inside these boundaries. He says, then I will hear from heaven, forgive your sin and heal your land. God wants to. All that God has provided and prepared, he desires for us, and yet we are waiting on him when he says in verse 21, you got to keep yourselves. You got to keep yourselves. I don't know about you tonight, but the great spiritual battle of my life is keeping myself in the love of God. Keeping myself in the place where I get to experience the love of God. Knowing what God has already done in my life and reading about what God has done in other people's lives, I want to experience more. I promise you, look, we are scratching the surface, barely scratching the surface tonight on what God desires to do in us and through us and for us as the people of God if we were just willing tonight to choose, 
to do what verse 21 says, to keep ourselves in the love of God. Tonight, God has a love that he wants us to experience. You know, I think about my daughter getting older. There's things I want to do for her. Uh, you know, I want to get her just like I had an old beat-up truck for her first vehicle. Uh, it teaches you humility, all right? I had an old rusty truck, and I even washed the rust on it, buddy. I was so proud of that truck, I worked a whole summer to buy that thing. No, maybe one day I'd like to help her get a car. Help her, not buy it, but help her get a car. Maybe help her go to college, want to do those things. And maybe, maybe one day, 20 years, give her away to a, a sharp-looking young man who brings a dowry of, you know, a hunting trip or something like that in order for me to give my daughter away. Oh, there's so much I want to do for her. But, you know, she has a lot to say in that. She has a lot to say in that by choosing where she's going to live. Now, my Heavenly Father has so much more he wants to do for me and wants to do for you. But you have a lot to say in that, and I have a lot to say in that. That's why we've got to learn to do what verse 21 says. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves. So often I, I am, I'm afraid we come to church and we hear the word of God preached and we learn some neat stuff and it bounces around in our heads. We walk out the door and we leave it behind. We don't keep it. And I promise you, look, it's not necessarily hurting the preacher's feelings. It's hurting our homes. It's hurting our families because we're not learning to keep what God's given us. Now God desires tonight to do so much for us through experiencing what his love has planned for us. But tonight he says, you've got some homework. The first lesson tonight in our self-service Christianity is simply learning to keep ourselves in. Keep yourselves in. I promise you, this pastor is not capable of keeping you in. All right? You say, well, maybe if we had a better pastor and a better speaker and all this, better Sunday school teacher, and maybe if I had a better spouse and all this. No, 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 no. There's no one capable of keeping you in but you. You have to decide, I'm going to keep myself. God said I'm going to keep myself. I preached this morning to those kids on doing right. Doing right. You know, doing right is something you have to decide. I'm just going to do right. No matter who does what, I'm going to do right. Why? Because I've got to keep myself where I can experience the love of God and all that God desires for us and our families and our homes. And so tonight, first line of homework as self-service Christianity, as we kick this thing off, Let's start off with learning to keep ourselves. Tomorrow, I'm going to keep myself. When I get around other people that are living outside of the bounds, I'm going to keep myself in. When I'm tempted by the, the draw and desires of this world, I've got to keep myself in. Why? Because I want to experience all that the love of God desires that I have in my life tomorrow. But you've got to keep yourself tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stop there. No one's looking around.